Welcome back, all Beer Inside listeners. Here's part two of my interview with Edward Bunai, also known as T.Drakes on Instagram. Uh, we get into some pretty deep conversation in part two as well. So please uh, subscribe and check out the YouTube video when you have a chance. And thank you. In looking at the the other aspects of my my brand or my platform with T.Drakes, it is really to help promote enlightenment of some sort and again not just from a standpoint of my heritage my culture being a black man but i definitely can use and have been using my profile and i'm not sure if you saw my post from today it's a it's a little a little uh, it's pretty yeah it's, <laughs> little, I, I, I get where you're coming from completely uh well I, I can't say i get where you're coming from completely but i can see the complete frustration uh, yeah. of what you're going like I see it every day. I mean, uh, my videographer, Phil, he's, he's Asian. And when the COVID and the Chinese virus started happening, I'm like, Mm. dude, avoid people who look like me for a while. And he jokingly says, he's like, Oh, I always avoid you people because you know, (laughs) (laughs) like, okay, well you make, you make sense. I mean, it's, it's, but but that's, you know what I, I, again, um, I hope that people who specifically with, with the particular post I put up today, I hope that they didn't just read my words in the first two slides. Um, uh, but not only am I hoping that they looked at all four slides, but most importantly, I hope they read the caption because in the caption, I, I, I kind of address the fact that uh, if black people were to really get angry, if we were really, just all decided to give into our inner Hulk and just yeah. let the big guy out, just let, and, and the, and the big woman out, just let, let the big green Goliath come out of all of us, whether it was one by one or whether it was instantaneous and enact 50% of everything we've personally had, happened to us against white people and uh and uh what has happened generation from a generation i mean 300 years well actually slavery was abolished officially this june this juneteenth celebration june 19th yeah. and i'll be honest with you it, it, i mean it's actually really cool not cool. It's actually really interesting American history, world history. Um, it's cool that, yay, it happened. It's not cool because of the fact that the um, Emancipation Proclamation was a year and change before Juneteenth occurred. But to know that this Juneteenth made it officially 401 years of slavery being fully abolished to know that to know that black people have been lynched in the month of june there were there were multiple bodies found in the same place in a californian town uh and i didn't hear much more after i heard the initial reporting of it but the initial feedback from officials was trying to claim that these people uh, that uh, they found these, the, the, the people they found hanging, uh, it, they tried to claim it was a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. 
uh, some of them even tried to say induced by COVID. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, no. No, I know. It's... No, uh, no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I, I don't buy it for obviously a second. But my point is, again, June yeah. 2020, lynching is still happening. Lynching is, lynching is real. Uh, people want to think that lynching ended, uh, you know, uh, with the civil rights movement. Um, and I, I can tell you that that stuff still was going on. Even it was going on uh, during, it was going on after. Yeah. The fact that in America right now, and thankfully I haven't heard of this concept up here, and I, I pray I never do. There's a concept called sundown towns. Have you ever heard of that? I can't say I have. I'm trying to think, like, because when I... I think of a horror movie called The Town That Dreaded Sundown, but that's a horror movie, obviously, horror movie, right? Yeah. So, uh, no, I can't say I've, I've heard of that or educated myself on that matter. So, so you, can, you can look it up. I mean, Google it, read a little bit more. But to give you a summarized edition of it, it's exactly what the hell it sounds like. If you are Black and you are in that town or in that part of town, after sundown, If you make it to the morning, God bless you. But you better get the hell out of that place and never go back. It is a real life horror movie. It's, it's The Purge. Yeah. That's but it, but it, it's scarier than that because it's not that everybody has per se free reign to do what they want. It's a case that uh, you make you you may if you if you don't realize the place that you're in. Um, you may be lucky and you may get one of those, you know, curmudgeonly older, uh, you know, white, white men that kind of roll up on you real racist, like, uh, but in their racist behavior, serve a warning to you Mm -hmm. and tell you exactly something along the lines of those words I just used. If I were you, you better not let sundown catch you still in this town, boy. Because, you know, we can't be men, right? We're yeah. always, you know, we're it's, always it's the same concept of, sorry, boy, it's back that way. Yeah. You know, uh, you know. what? <laughs> so, so, but again, this is, this is 2020 and sundown towns still exist in certain states uh, in America today. Um, and so, again, you know, th- this is, this is to pull it into the perspective of, diversity in brewing i don't want i don't want any more words i want sincere policy change i want words that come from a sincere conversation somebody wants to reach out to me or uh to miyoshi or to both of us bring us in to sit down with them, have a serious conversation like you and I have had tonight um, and really review their policies and talk about things they can do for change. And when it gets deeper into the everyday inner workings, we can do things like we, we can essentially, we can recommend, Hey, have you 
I mean, everybody in beer, everybody who's anybody in beer knows who Ren is, yeah. right? So, I mean, the next question after talking to us about the PR marketing, uh, those kind of angles, um, it, it, it's really, you know, and content creation, it's from there, it's really looking at, okay, well, you need to have a sit down with your staff. You need to make a day of it, um, but you need to commit to this being a regular practice. You need to bring Ren in, but Ren is not here to ride around on a horse, saving the universe one brewery at a time, <laughs> one time only. I know. You can't fix a problem that is systemic by having one black person visit you once, talk to your staff once, and then boom, here's your little certificate. Okay, boom, you're good. You're not racist anymore. You're not... Uh, your 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 whole mindset's diverse. Good for you, hurrah! You know, see you later or see you never. You know, no, 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 no. I want breweries that are really interested in working with Ren on inclusion, inclusion and diversity in their facility, in their practice. You need to hire her, and you need to make a series of it. Even if you have her come in every season, there's four seasons in a year. There's four business quarters in any fiscal year. You figure out what works best for you. But it, at least four times a year on maybe a continuing basis, or even if it's a other every other year basis, a bi, uh, uh, sorry, biannual basis, mm -hmm. four times every year biannually or four times a year every year, you have Ren come in and review. Where are the staff? What are they experiencing? How can they handle these situations better? How can they serve people and make people feel more included in that atmosphere, right? When you make people feel included in an atmosphere, you play to your strength of word of mouth. When I was a club promoter, one of the easiest sells on any venue I ever worked in for any party have a higher percentage of females to males. Dude, that's yeah. not rocket science. That's no, just not at all. That's just obviously yeah. smart, right? Because why? When you create an environment where there are more females to men, okay, you're creating an, a situation, one, potentially one, where women can feel more empowered. And the more empowered a woman feels, the safer she feels, that can't lead to anything but great things. For you as a venue owner, for you as an event planner, but most importantly, your customer. You want your customer to feel important. When people come to a nightclub, they come to a party, look, man, we all had a hard week. We busted our butts. Now it's time to blow off steam and have fun. But if you're dealing with a bunch of stupid, ignorant, drunk men all night. Are you going to feel safe or comfortable? No. Are you going to give good word of mouth and tell all of your other female friends, you should definitely come to this party at this club on this night? No, no, you're not. So yeah, that is one aspect of why the other aspect is from the business standpoint, you're going to get men coming and spending money on their one drink. But if you got a lot of good looking females there, yep, yep. 
they're going to want to buy drinks for the ladies. They're going to want to try to bring their friends the next week and be like, oh, man, there's a lot of beautiful women there. They're fun. They're, you know, having a good time. So they're, you know, they're not just approachable, but it's like, no, these are these are decent human beings. Hey, imagine that. A guy actually viewing a woman as a decent human being. I know. Just for the sake just for the sake of her being a decent human being, not just because she looks really good and has nice T A legs, this, Mm -hmm. that, body part, whatever. No, it's more than that. You create a sense of a really uh, positive, euphoric atmosphere that is safe, that is inclusive. The people will come. And they'll pick up on the vibe. They'll feed off of that type of energy. They'll continue to come and they'll bring their friends. So the money will sort itself out. You can't approach the situation, throwing money at it and hoping it goes away. The breweries need to understand this. It's not about throwing money at it and hoping it goes away or staying silent and hoping it blows over. I, I mean, where I currently work, uh, being a, I'm one of two guys on a 17-person team, uh, and I'm one of four white people on that 17-person team. So to be included in this company that has shown me that, look, there can be more of the other sex and equal diversity has helped, you know, expand my mind into the, you know, more inclusion. I've always had that uh, attitude because growing up, my parents, my parents pushed me in the right direction. Everybody's yep. equal yep. until they, until they prove otherwise. And then that's if they right. prove otherwise, that's on them. Exactly. On, but, so. but the key point to that line of thinking that your parents instilled in you is that you take each person as they come, as they come, period. Mm-hmm. As a person, a, a, human figure walks up to you and you see that they are a man or a woman, you address them as such until maybe they share, they share with you otherwise. And if they share with you otherwise, you pay them no less respect than you did when they walked in the door and you said, good evening, sir. Hello, ma'am. How may I help you? Welcome. Welcome to my place. What would you like to do today? Et cetera. You know what I mean? It's a way to treat people. It's a way to treat people. Uh, you know, I know what it is, especially growing up, walking into a store with a group of friends. Majority of us out of the group are black. Couple of the group are white. Joke is, both white guys barely got two cents to rub together in their pocket. All of us have enough money. The rest of us all have enough money individually that we could not only make a purchase in the store. Oh my God, black people with spending power. Um, but we can actually go to other places in the mall and procure goods or services as we see fit. However, the minute we walk in, you give a generous, warm type of greeting hello to the two young white fellows that you see. But then the rest of us, no real greeting, but the look. Yeah. The look that tells you, no matter where you go in this store, while you're in this store, I am watching you. I'm watching everything you do. I'm not going to stop watching you until you go 
out of our store. And even then I'm gonna watch and make sure that you don't make any movement that looks like you're putting something in a pocket or a backpack or a bag or anything. Because if you do, I'll, so I'll call mall security on yeah. you like that. That should not be anybody's experience. It definitely should not be a teenager's experience. Yet this was part of my experience growing up and my friend's experience. And it's something, unfortunately, that I've, uh, uh, even as I've got older, I've, I've, ex I've experienced, um, you know, I've experienced the same thing. Um, so again, with what to tell breweries, uh, you know, or what, what my expectation is, is real actual change real actual policy but yeah, the, real the policy yeah. is a big thing to me like yeah. like with the cowbell situation if they had a policy in place that say hey everybody's equal now if this is this one girl who wasn't you know who had a negative attitude about all this and they said sorry this is this employee's fault she will be re-educated in matters that, that when it comes to this yeah. maybe that would but the the apology they gave uh, there's also, you know, other breweries apology. in the States. Yeah. Uh, there's breweries in the States where the owners have gone on Twitter and been like, oh, well, I was out riding my bike and, and this protest group came in front of me and, and they insulted me. And so I'm never going to serve a black guy in my group. Why would you say something like that? What is what's wrong the, with you? And what, I mean, what's the basis? Now, if you said to me, you know, Ed, I left the brewery and was bikes biking home as I always do, take the same path I always do. And there happened to be this protest going on. And this one dude was such a dick, such a jerk, yeah. you know, to me. Um, and like he took his sign and hit my bike or something, whatever. You break down the situation. And then you know what, Ed? The very next day, guess who walks through the front door of my <laughs> damn brewery? That same dude. And he was a jerk then too. And I still, you know what? I recognized him as soon as I saw him, but I just took a step back, took a breath in because that person, right? That person was a, a jerk to me. But I took a step back, took a breath, approached, provided service the way I would serve any single person coming through my front door. Do you know he was still a jerk? And he ended up breaking one of my glasses. So you know what? To be honest, I told the staff, if that particular guy ever sets foot in my brewery again, don't serve him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a lot different than saying what your example was and being like, well, I'm never going to serve another black person. Yeah. You know, all black guys are jerks or all black women are jerks or all black people are jerks. And I'm never going to serve them uh, in my brewery. I'm like, well, that, that's not only ignorant, but it's generally, it, it's stupid. <laughs> it cuts into your profit. Like people don't appreciate the fact that while popula populist percentage, our populist percentage may be small, okay, in comparison to Caucasian uh, populace, but our spending power is supremely huge it's ridiculously huge it represents into anywhere from the millions to billions of dollars of retail of food of uh, non-essentials including entertainment which let's face it realistically brewery visits and brew shop purchases not essential you know 
not essential. As much as we cry over that one beer that like only comes out once a year and we couldn't get a bottle of it. Oh my God. <laughs> but realistically, realistically, if we don't get, you know, if we don't get 2020's double tempest by Amsterdam, guess what? The next day I'm still going to be living God willing. Um, and if I don't happen to be, it won't be because I didn't get that 2020 double tempest. You know, it, it won't be because of that. So it, Ultimately, in the grander scheme of life, it is not an essential purchase, but um, our purchasing, our community's purchasing power is so damn huge. So when stuff like that happens, when stuff like uh, the situation with founders, where they even went to court and we're still trying to be idiots talking about, well, what does he mean by, by black? Yeah. When I hear stuff like that, I'm like, how many shades of stupid are you? I know. And they've been un- unapologetic. And, I, you know, I try to not stress, because I know certain people definitely stress um, how you spend your money, and, and uh, they may go on a person's uh, post and uh, comment in the thread. And I try to kind of avoid that, because I don't, I don't like people putting me on blast. If I've made a misstep, I would much rather you DM me and you're like, Ed, do you know X, Y, Z about this brewery? Or you use the certain hashtag. I've had people call me on using the wrong hashtag or whatever, because, you know, life is going to end if I use the wrong hashtag, but you're going to get canceled. uh, Right. I'm going to get super canceled. (laughs) Um, But uh, things like that. I've had people who have called me out on the post and then I've had people who just, DM me and they're just like they're like Ed I'm not sure if you're aware but this hashtag really doesn't apply to this brewery because they actually got bought by mm-hmm. you know AB InBev, Molson Moosehead, whoever one of the bigs right so you can't call them craft brewery anymore so you know what I mean I'm just giving you the heads up right we're buddies we're boys we're cool and if, you, you could take what I say or leave it I still love you. We're still going to be friends tomorrow. I'm still going to drink with you, but I'm just letting you know whether it's something as insignificant as that, or it's something much more major. Like Ed, are you aware that this brewery has a lot of racist practice uh, or history? I was saying to Miyoshi literally last night out of the bigger things that are readily accessible at most restaurants that you go to when there's no craft. Okay. uh, Often I find myself having, a Coors Banquet, if it's available. Because I love the way Coors Banquet tastes. Until I found out that the Coors family had ties to the Ku Klux Klan. Which I didn't know. <laughs> no, no. I've spent, I've, I've spent money over years drinking Coors Banquet. Never had a Coors Light because I'm not a huge fan of light beer to begin with. But especially macro light beer. It's water. I, See, that's that's it. I, I, I would, get I get I get more of a buzz off of regular tap water than yeah. I do for, a light beer. For so, years, like I play softball, and it's like, oh, instead of drinking water between innings, I'm going to have a Coors Light. Right. You know, um, it, the whole founder situation. I didn't know about that until like this, like a year and a half, almost two years. But before that, I'm like, ooh, Canadian breakfast out. Ooh, the KBS. It's right. You know, um, and that's the stupid thing. It's like, oh my god! Like, I saw we we were at an LCBO not recently, but this was this was probably like last December or something, or or maybe even January. 
Um, but we were at an LCBO and lo and behold, what do I come across? I somehow, I don't know how I came across this, but there were like three bottles on the shelf of KBS and there was like a full set of like 12 of the, uh, the breakfast stout. And I, I, I looked at Miyoshi and I was like, I'm like, I was just doing this. Like, and she looked at me and she goes, I know, but they're racist still. Let's go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's go. I know. What are you doing? <laughs> they're still racist. They're racist yesterday. They're still racist today. Let's go. We, there's yeah. plenty of other things we haven't seen yet. Let's see what's over here. But, but yeah, no, totally. Um, you have to change. That's another message to, to try to get out to people. If you're gonna, if you're gonna see somebody is involved in a certain practice, and you honestly feel you don't agree with it, you don't think it's right, don't buy their shit. Don't keep buying their stuff. And you know what? Here, you can spend your money how you want. I will still say, spending the money is just as bad as posting a picture. But one hundred percent. Do not post a picture of it. If you want to, if you want to secretly indulge in the quiet of your own home, look over your shoulder. Okay, you know the can't the, the the racist cancel police are not anywhere near me. I'm safe. You know what I mean? And it's like we're not racist cancel police. We're just gonna call out something for what it is. But anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever whoever's gonna give me you know give me trouble. Uh, they're not around, so I can crack this bad boy open and drink. Cool, man. If that's what you think that you feel, if you feel in your heart okay with it, dude, I can't tell nobody how to live. You know what I mean? I, I'm a father, and I, I got one person I can kind of tell how to live, and I still have to accept that at some point she's still going to do her. <laughs> she does her pretty well now, and I, I it's only it's only going to get worse because <laughs> she's only getting more independent as time goes on. That's how it works, right? So I don't fool myself into thinking I can tell another grown man or a grown woman how to live their life or how to spend their money. All I can do is say, look, man, yo, I personally firsthand, I know – KBS is so dope, especially when you get an aged bourbon. Oh my lord! And they do it right. They they do it right. Uh, that Canadian breakfast stout ain't a thing Canadian about it because I know that they're not using they're not using real maple syrup. They're using yeah. Michigan maple syrup. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Um, yeah. The bottom line is, yo, it is a dope ass breakfast stout. It's beautiful. Yes. I've had it, but when I had it and when I was drinking it, and if you go far back on my, if you scroll way back in my over 2000 posts, yes. Okay. You'll still see the one I did for KBS. You'll still see the one I did for CBS, but guess what? If you continue coming forward after those pictures, you'll notice two things. There's no more pictures mm -hmm. and there's no more founders. Simple, because yeah. why? Somebody brought this to my attention. I did my own fact-checking. I did my own looking into it. It's called Google, kids, not ask a black first, uh, yeah. friend. Yeah. Not ask a black person. I am yeah. not your Google. Don't ask me. Google uh, it. You Google but, it, and then I usually check for Snopes, because Snopes will tell you what's, what's what. What's what, right? So. But, but you know what I mean? I went, I did my own reading after I got brought to my attention what happened. I did my own reading. I sat down, had a discussion uh, with Miyoshi about it, you know. And, uh, yeah, when I saw that, that was what time of day it was. I'm like, you know what really sucks? Because there's so many places in the world that I, you, you were talking about bear, bear vacations. 
or beer cations. Yeah, beer cations right? when it's safe again. Like, when where do again. you see yourself going? Oh my lord! Like, I so would. I so want to go to so many places south of the border, primarily for two reasons. One, because of all the dopeness, and uh, I just imagine the things I could learn and I could experience. And if I'm able to connect with any of the breweries before I go, maybe I could actually meet uh, some of the people, you know, some of the people I should be meeting uh, to teach me about their brewery and, uh, and what they, and how they do and what they do. But um, even if I, I just go unannounced, uninvited, um, which is usually what we do most of the time. Um, I definitely want to go to the States because of all the amazing but uh, because, too, over time, I've developed some American bear family. Uh, some of them live not super far away. And when I say not super far away, some do live in Michigan. Some do live uh, in and around New York, New Jersey, uh, that tri-state uh, area. Um, some of them live further. Uh, but, you know, if, if that opportunity opens up sometime in the future, definitely something I would consider uh, looking into doing. From a standpoint of other places outside of the states love to come over your way because i'll be honest i haven't been to montreal since i was wow oh that's too long i have to <laughs> i can tell I you was... a lot's changed since then <laughs> yeah 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 i think i think it was i think it was the summer the summer, my first summer after my first, after grade nine, after my first year of high school. So when I came, I would have been, uh, was after, we came after my birthday in June. So I would have been like 15 mm -hmm. the last time I, I set foot in Montreal, which is, I'm 44 now. So that's, yeah. that's way, that's like almost 30 years ago. So yeah. that's way too long. So I definitely want to come uh, out your way, like Ottawa, Montreal, uh, that, that area. Um, you know, um, from a traditional standpoint, I would absolutely, it would just, it would be mind-blowingly amazing to be able to go to Belgium uh, with all of Lambics. We're, we're big, mm -hmm. big fans and lovers of Lambics in this house. Uh, Sours, the Gozas. Uh, um, so, yeah. I would definitely love to do like a get to go over to three Fontaine or, uh, you know, those kind of places. Um, yeah. I'm constantly know. telling my friends that I want to drink beer with monks in Belgium. I want to go to a monastery. That's like a dream. Put a few back. You know what I've I mean? already like, got the hairstyle. We've already got the hairstyle. Right. Right. So. <laughs> We're halfway there. We're halfway there. <laughs> um, but definitely would love to go like places like Belgium. Uh, would tr would love to try to maybe reach out to somebody like Henek and uh, go to go to Sweden for that Omnipoyo mm -hmm. goodness. Oh my lord! Yeah. Um, to, I I get I get super excited thinking about being able to go there because I think of I think of the small sampling we get because of uh, their um, handshake agreement yeah. and their um, distribution agreement with. Brunswick Bear Works, which is in East York here in Toronto, mm -hmm. in the east end of the city, and also with Craft Brand Co. Uh, they uh, they use the facility at Brunswick to brew all of the Omni Pollo stuff. That you, if you get any Omni Pollo anything out of Toronto, it's Brunswick is where it was made. Yeah. Um, so yeah, knowing for years, as I started to go further down this rabbit hole. Omnipolio is a company that uh, Omnipolio and Michelaire is are two breweries 
that have consistently come up. And when I, especially with Omnipoyo, when I see all of the amazing, creative, weird, fantastical, like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory style brews that they make yeah. and the stuff that I've already been able to be lucky enough to taste here, holy cow. Yeah. I would love nothing more than to like be able to go to Omnipoyo um, if for nothing else, their bear ice cream or the, the bear slushy and the bear ice cream, like yeah. that alone, that alone would be like worth the price of admission. So well, if you're, those, uh, if you're in Montreal next summer, uh, the winner of last year's best new Canadian brewery, uh, Masorum Bractorium, they actually have a sour beer slushy. So ooh, yeah. And, okay. um, Masorum's on points. Uh, if you're an IPA fan, they, they're pumping out consistent, good tasting, barely any hop burn, double IPAs. Um, I had a couple of their triple IPAs and then I fell asleep on my floor because it was 10% beer. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nice. I can't drink a dozen of these like I could when I was 20. So. <laughs> no, nah, man, I, I love that. I love when you find certain things and you just have to tell people uh, that they're a share beer. Um, yeah. uh, speaking about uh, Omnipollo, when uh, they released Pro- Prodimus, um, the first time, the very first time I had it, I had it on tap and it was actually Miyoshi and I's wedding anniversary. And I took the first sip. Now going in, I assumed it was going to be a share bear, but I, uh, what we did is that day is that with like, basically we were both ordering beers at the same time, but we both ordered different beers. Mm-hmm. So that way we could, sh- we could share them and taste something different. So when it came to the table, um she had got this oh lord the name of it's pineapple ninja i think it's a pineapple blonde lager or something like that okay but that's what she had right and um that was partially because of me because i love pineapple and uh i ordered prodimus and let me tell you i took i took the first i took the first sip and i said to her and we were planning to go to nuts we were planning to go to another, um, I think it was craft beer market. Oh, was, we, were, yeah. we were going somewhere else for another round of drinks after where we were, uh, where we had um, the initial drinks because we also had uh, lunch there. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I took the first sip, I looked at her. I said, yo, I said, listen, can we go back and forth with these? Because it, I, I'm, I'm man enough to, to admit when I need help. And I was like... <laughs> I'm like, yo, with everything we've already drank so far, I'm like, if I sit here and try to be a numbskull and drink this whole pint by myself, I said, you're going to have to take, you're going to have to carry me out of here and I'm going to totally embarrass myself and make it worse. It's our wedding anniversary. I'm like, those, <laughs> these are all things I don't want happening on a regular day, but this is our anniversary. I'm not doing this to us. And she just laughed at me. She says, of course, like we're sharing, we're, you know, we were already trading yeah. off anyways, but the, the, I think the round that we had before that, all we did was have a, a taste of each other's bear, but then we traded yeah. back and we drank the whole rest of the pint. But yeah, I took my first sip and I was like, I was like, Oh no, oh, I was like, <laughs> like, no, I, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. So sh- sure enough, that's what we did. We, we basically had the Imperial uh, stout and we chased it with the, with the, uh, with the lager. Um, uh, and uh, we, we were laughing about it. And uh, after that experience, when they finally ended up, um, 
uh, deciding to uh, take it to the LCBO, and then they got the uh, they got the SKU. Um, when we bought when we brought home the uh, the beer and cans, we were just like we felt like yay, we were excited. But then uh, even when we were talking to people about it. We were just telling them, like, I think part of the problem, because it ended up being such a divisive bear, like people either hated it or they loved it. And the people like us who loved it, um, you know, a small percentage of us understood it's a share bear. And I, I would tell people, I'm like, ask them, have you tried it yet? No, but you know, a lot of people are like drain pouring it. And I'm like, because they're making one key mistake. They're like, what's that? I'm like, they're drinking it by themselves. And some of them are, are clearly drinking it by themselves and they're not pounding it but they're going quicker than they should because it is very it's what it promises it's a graham cracker s'mores uh graham crackers caramel s'mores stout you can't hear those things and not think holy sweet tooth it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a trip to candy town that's uh that's diabetic beer Exactly. So it's like going in, you should already have this in your mind. And the problem is, is because it's so sweet, of course, it's like, I, uh, you know, it's a very deceptive, deceptive bear. It is, it is a heavyweight champion, but yeah. it's so, the sweetness of it is so, and it's, oh man, it's so velvety and so sweet. And so it's such a beautiful, thick, like pastry stout, but it that's the whole point is that it deceives you into thinking, Oh yeah, I'm just a little slick at me. I'm yeah. so cute and sweet. Just drink me. And people, I think were having it quicker than they, instead of having a sip, taking your time, having con- no, they were going through it too quick. I feel. So all they were getting was the sweet. And I think what was happening is that they'd get the gut punch <laughs> of the uppercut that that bear has <laughs> after they've almost finished it and then they're like ah drain pour drain pour you know what i mean and i'm like i'm like you need to share it and i'm like two things read the label and if you don't have a sweet tooth don't just buy it because you want to have the picture on instagram or because everybody's buying it it's buy it because you have a sweet tooth and you like the particular things that the bear is talking about number one number two i'm like it's a simple rule it's a share bear so I really recommend sharing it with a friend. Um, great date night beer. Like if you come back home after a really great date, perfect dessert beer. You know what I mean? And you and at that point in the evening, you want to cuddle up. You want to Netflix and <laughs> chill, you know? So I'm like, it's the perfect way to set the table. You guys can kind of continue building that nice, smooth, easy going relaxed kind of buzz that you've had all evening you know you can add to the little romantic ambiance of the night and then you know you have fun but you the point is is you're gonna still take your time and enjoy each other's company and enjoy the bear but i'm like if that's not you know a feasible scenario for you i'm like at least take your time with it don't try to be a champ and just you know, no, or, 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 do, you know, don't, don't finish it in like three or four gulps. Don't do that. Cause if you do 100%, you're not going to enjoy it. You're yeah. not going to be able to appreciate it. Like, to be honest, the last craft beer I had where I just pounding the back was the cucumber mint Kolsch from radical road. Okay. I'm like, it's, it's like drinking cucumber water. I, how is this boozy? Is. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've had seven. What, what happened? Yeah. 
and that's the thing is that when you have stuff that is is super light like that you you honestly don't feel it um as long as you know that the ABV is equally light. <laughs> but if you have something that is super easy drinking, but then you see the ABV is like 11%, 10%, 9%, like, buddy, listen, you you know, if, if you're home for the night, you're chilling, maybe have two, you know? <laughs> but don't go past two. Like, oh. it, it, it's really advisable you have the one, and when you finish it, then you start working your way back down the charts. So if you're up here, work your way back down. But you know, everybody, hey, chacun sound good to each their own. So <laughs> I, I can't. That's, uh, that's a good way to to, to state it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do you guys still have the uh, the shirt you worked with Craft Beer ba- Bailey uh, previous interview with the yes. uh, high supply? Yes. High gravity supply co. High gravity supply co. Yes. To my knowledge, there are still some available on the website. Um, What we were doing with the shirt, we collabed on it. And uh, obviously to produce something that is not only taking a stand very much like the black is beautiful Mm -hmm. beer initiative, taking a stand for the black community, for people of color um, and, and for diversity throughout uh, craft beer. But, uh, you know, specifically focusing on the fact that uh, Black Lives Matter uh, is is not just a slogan. It's not just one organization, but it's something that is uh, of interest and, uh, you know, sincere, you know, sincere sources of support uh, throughout the black, uh, throughout the, sorry, throughout the beer, the craft beer community and not just from those of us who are black or indigenous or people of color in the craft beer community, but specifically um, our white brothers and sisters in the craft beer community, uh, taking a stand, coming together to speak out against anti-black racism. Um, What we did is uh, the 100% of the proceeds of the t-shirt are being donated. And initially we were just going to be uh, providing the donation uh, proceeds to Black Lives Matter Toronto. What we decided to do instead is there's another really great, amazing group that uh, actually Miyoshi had brought my attention to. And uh, that group is called Black Women in Motion. They're also Toronto-based. And they do a lot of amazing uh, supportive outreach in the community uh, to help uh, Black women in various ways from uh, helping get Black women out of, uh, you know, some seriously um, abusive situations, Mm -hmm. uh, providing... uh, forms of legal advice uh, in general, uh, providing support for black, for black female entrepreneurs uh, in the community, trying to get, you know, get their, uh, get their business on the go, uh, trying to bolster their business, especially looking at uh, a lot of the businesses that are black owned and that are in the, uh, you know, food entertainment industry that are owned and operated by black women and, and knowing the struggles that that industry has been uh, hit with dealing with COVID. Uh, yeah. you know, these are all various things that, that, that black women in motion do, uh, you know, uh, so definitely I was motivated by, you know, uh, reading about what they do and knowing that I could help my sisters in, in some format. I'm like, you know what, what's better than supporting one charity too. Yeah, so, 100% for sure. So, you know, uh, both uh, Chris that owns uh, the uh, clothing company and uh, Mary, uh, a.k.a. Craft Bear Bailey, um, you know, we when we were discussing these things and I brought this up and brought the other uh, organization to their attention, they were 
on like it wasn't even a question mm -hmm. they're like that's dope that's cool like if you know 100 agree well what's better than helping one help two you know and this is a, is a great way to do it so i do believe that there is still some um still some supply left on the website so i would recommend that you go to high gravity uh <clears throat> clothing company and if you google them you hit up the site or i believe you just go to high gravity uh clothing clothing co uh or high gravity sorry high gravity supply co mm -hmm. uh dot uh i think it's dot com or dot ca i forget at this moment no it's a yeah i'm just gonna add it all in the show notes to let people know where they can find yeah, it can uh, for my viewers who you know want to step up and, and get that shirt to 100 percent to basically show their support of what's very important right now so it, it is and it and it's the key it, it's the key to understanding something clothing while it doesn't last forever it does last for a while and that's the beautiful thing about creating uh, a you know clothes with a purpose clothes with a message it does a lot of good number one the proceeds will help uh two great organizations that are helping the community and and helping um you know helping fight against anti-black racism and systemic racism number one number two it's clothing yeah you're gonna look good in it you're gonna feel nice in it yeah. and then you'll feel extra nice because you know you're helping somebody else in the world even if you never see them by you know see their face you know that you're gonna be helping somebody which is really good and it's gonna last you a while and the the while that it lasts whether it's a year two three five i got clothes that I've had a long time. I'm not going to date myself with my clothes, but I've got, I've got clothes that are still stylish now in 2020 and I've had them for a minute because I take care of them. And, um, it, you know, it serves as a reminder of what got me to buy that t-shirt in the first place. So that's the other beautiful thing is that the message that's on the front of the shirt and the beautiful artwork from Mary, uh, along with the message on the back of the shirt will remind you every time that you put th that on, that's what you rep in. Every time you put that on, you're making a statement to let people know that whether you're black or not, you stand with black people, you stand with the black community um, in and around the craft beer community. And also beyond and outside of craft beer community to say, you know what, your life matters because it matters to me, but mm -hmm. most importantly, it matters regardless of me. But I also want to let you know that it does matter to me. And until your life doesn't just matter to me, but it matters to every person you encounter, then I'm going to stand here with you and I'm going to tell the world that Black Lives Matter. Because what people fail to understand is nobody that's Black that is saying Black Lives Matter um, is saying our lives matter more, your lives matter less, or our lives should be better just because we're black and we've done all these things granted we've done a lot we've contributed tons we've built societies we come from lineage that's royal we come from lineage that is original we come from lineage that um is proud and strong and beautiful um but that's not our point in saying black lives matter we are simply saying that all lives cannot matter until ours do too. Because while you're busy trying to say all lives matter, you are overlooking the fact that while in your heart that might be true, you are just giving a blanket statement to throw wool over your eyes and ignore the fact that atrocities are still happening to our community simply because of our heritage. And 
uh, and our skin pigmentation. And, and it's that simple. So that's why we say Black Lives Matter. That's why these initiatives are important. That's why Black is Beautiful is important. Because we're saying for all of you that paint a picture of us and our culture, our heritage, our community being a bunch of thugs and gangsters, a bunch of connivers and deceivers, a bunch of lazy individuals that never contribute, but yet we take everything. The joke is everything's been taken from us. And despite it all, we still tell the big guy to stay inside. We still take a breath and we let it go, but we don't forget. And that's why we understand it's better for us to yell black lives matter all day, every day until that is a fact all over the world than to go around Hulk out and start rampaging in a town near you. Cause y'all ain't ready for that. (laughs) Nobody's ready for that. Nobody's ready for that. Nobody's ready for that. Nobody's ready for that. And then it's, it's not, you know, lumping lumping in the people like, you know, not lumping in the people who are trying to support the movement at the same time, who aren't a person of color, who, you know, I do what I can when I can. Uh, Unfortunately, time and, you know, trying you know to, the, to stay in my own lane of staying alive and, and working and stuff. Yeah. Um, protests hey, happen while I'm working. It's I can't show my support Here, then. So. Here's the number one thing though. It's, it's not, it's not just simply about you showing or not showing face at a protest or at a rally. Uh, it's about using your platform, your white privilege in a way that is beneficial to our community the same way that you use it to benefit your own and the same way you'd use it to benefit your loved ones who could be, who could be of any heritage, any culture, any background, Mm -hmm. your, your, your blood family, your married family, your chosen family, right? The way that you would use your privilege, your white privilege and your platform to support them. We're saying use it to support our community because when you go out and you, you use that privilege to support your community, you know, that's cool. But we're saying we need help because systemic racism is real. Oh, yeah. Because oppression still happens because we're running a marathon that began before our generation took up the baton. But now we're stuck looking at the truth that I'm going to have to pass it to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. It's 2020, yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. That's not fair. That's and not right. It's time for humanity to grow up. That's right. Um, it's that time for right. us to all adult. Yeah. So. And so doing things like what you're doing, it matters and it counts and it helps. You may think and walk away. I just sat down. I had a beer and I talked with Ed. I sat down. I had a beer. I talked with Ren. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. not ground shaking. Like, whoop de doo you know, I, I hope I, this is what I do. Yeah. I, I, I have a podcast. I host people. Um, no biggie, but it is big because there are people who host podcasts and out of, uh, out of people who may know me, who may follow me, who have podcasts, um, in my entire time in beer, in, in being active in the craft beer community, this is the 
third podcast I'm on. Third time's and, a charm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and since everything happened at the end of May, this is only yeah. the second podcast that's reached out to me. Mm-hmm. This is the only the second person who has said, Ed, I want to use, I want to use my platform to host you on that platform to have a talk. I've been blessed with certain people in my life in, in our, in the craft beer community who've been 100% supportive and they have been amplifying the hell out of my voice. The fellas with four, with uh, four elements podcasts, um, 100%, um, you know, uh, Ryan, like yourself, one of my <laughs> white brothers. So, you know, he, he has been down with the cause from day one. He's been supportive. He's been checking in on both Miyoshi and I, um, you know, he has hosted both of us individually on his podcast, uh, on, on him and Robin's podcast, excuse me. Um, so, you know, uh, <laughs> I've got people like, uh, like drunk Pokeroo that everybody in the community knows he, right? uh, drunk poker actually pointed you out uh you and your wife out to me along with ren he's yeah. like yeah you want to speak about diversity and beer speak to these people i'm like all right cool so there you go yeah so i you know i'm not here trying to claim that i i do not have allies and i do not have like do not have authentic allies in my life i'm blessed to have y'all i'm grateful for the opportunity to to uh you know, uh, tap into your platform uh, to to elevate, you know, my message, to amplify my message. I'm appreciative of it. Um, and uh, you know what? This is part of the work you got to do. This is something you love. This is something you're good at. This counts, okay? Do something every day. I get it. People love to see the support, the physical presence at rallies, at protests, and it's important. It is. But things like this are equally important. And I don't want you to downplay the fact that your heart is in the right place, that you you are legitimately hearing, listening, learning. I say that stuff verbatim to the point where it's like, it's a joke now. <laughs> like, you know, in, a, in our household, we kind of laugh we kind of have we got kind of laugh about it because it's like the slogan but it's like when people say it it's like you're just going down this checklist okay i gotta say this i gotta say this i gotta say this and make sure it goes to to miosha make sure it goes to ed yeah uh hey boom there you go i said it all (laughs) right i'm in the good books you know And, and it's not that you're not in the good books yeah for saying those things but we have already seen so many people saying those words in june um and yet july they got real ghost towny on us and now we're into august and some of those voices are very quiet and it's trying to help people understand man if you're going to join this fight with us we've been fighting before we were born because our parents were fighting our grandparents were fighting our great blah 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 down the line half our family tree was fighting and again, it's running a marathon, not a race. And that's what you have to understand. This has been a generational cry, a generational plea. We are in pain. We are hurting. We need help. Why won't you love us? Because we are people too. 
It's yeah. so simple. I know. I, and it's not that we're trying to kiss anybody's behind to love us. That's not the point. We're just trying to simply say we are human. You are human. Yet you treat us inhumanely. Why? Yeah, what I did see. I ever do to you? What what makes you feel what makes you feel superior? Right? The, 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 the concept of white supremacy is oh. it's, it's, it's the it's such a joke and it's such a lie I and know. it's so stupid the concept of the Aryan race is dumb you know why it's the you know why that's one of the biggest jokes well ever that's told? inbreeding so well yes <laughs> but you know why it's one of the biggest jokes ever told what was the supreme man determined to be white six feet or taller mm-hmm. blonde hair blue eyes yep the icier, the colder, the more sky or mountainous blue looking, the better, right? What was Adolf Hitler? Uh, short, brown short, hair. <laughs> brown hair, brown eyes. Yeah. So he only qualified by being white. Oh, oh sorry. And also non-Jewish. That, so he had two qualifications out of five, which means technically if he built up a nightclub called Aryan race, the bouncer would never let him in, even though he's the owner, the bouncer would never let him in because the bouncer would be like, uh, white check. <laughs> yeah. Non-Jewish check. Yeah. Uh, six. F- oh, no. Uh, blue eyes. No, yeah. nine. <laughs> nine. <laughs> Blonde hair. <laughs> Nine. nine, 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 Sorry, 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 if you're, yeah, you can't get in. I'll, uh, st- I'll, I'll still do one of those things to you, but <laughs> I can't let you in the club, buddy. Mm-mm. So it's the biggest, stupidest joke ever told God. by anybody in the history of joke telling. It's like, how are you going to determine a master race, and you are supposed to be the leader of said master race, and you don't fit the bill of what you need to be to be a part of said master race matter of fact most of your your soldiers didn't fit that bill because you didn't have mm-hmm. he didn't even have a, a an entire brigade of simply white six foot plus blonde blue-eyed non-jewish men because for a brigade a brigade you need what like at least a minimum of 10 people 10 to like 100 let's hmm. say he didn't even have a brigade with that many people that would fit that description to be able to put a unit together so he could march this unit everywhere as like the preferred unit or something. You know what I mean? So it's like your concept is a joke. How do you not understand it? Then you go and say that the white man is superior in every way, especially when it comes to physique, athletics. Oh, what you going to do? Let's see. You're going to go and host a olympics right and then this black man named jesse owens goes and breaks almost every friggin olympic and world record and wins a ton of gold medals right in front of your face Mm -hmm. how embarrassing for you idiots so when people who are not from germany maybe descend from it but generally people who are not german who live in a country that fought against the Nazis and developed a major superhero that was known to be the only superhero in the history of comics 
to punch out Hitler. <laughs> punch Hitler in the face. Right? You come from a nation that does that, and yet you're standing there on an American, you know, small, small town USA on a boulevard doing that thing and hailing Hitler or hailing Nazism. What? Yeah, I know. It's... But then embracing all of the freedoms you have as an American? What? And then some of the, a, sect, a section of you are, are vets. So you went and served the, in the American army. Where, where is the disconnect? And just... what, like, there is some poor wiring in your brain. I don't know what electrician your parents took you to, but they did a really bad job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's these kind of things that honestly, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't make sense. And that's why it's frustrating when you hear all of these people talk about cancel culture, when you hear all these people talk about um, all lives matter. Like, why do you say black lives matter? Because all lives matter. And it's like, why are you, here's my question. Why are you so defensive? Yeah. Why are oh, you so 100%. angry? What are you angry about? What? 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 What have you really had to overcome? Whereby, even if we both come from the ghettoest of ghettos and we're the poorest of the poor, if we walked out of a store that you stole from and I didn't. Who do you think the police are putting a baton oh, to? Yeah, right to you. And who do you think they're letting walk away? Probably me. Ah. Although I've, um, so I quickly caught from your four elements podcast, the gentleman with the really long beard, his uh, conversation about being, dealing with a Francophone, calling him like a terrorist. I'm like, but he's, yeah, that, that would looks, be Robin. Looks pretty close to white and he's just got a big beard. So what are you saying? Like, Oh no no right the Robin Robin is brown. Yeah, okay, yeah. It, it's it's hard it's hard to tell on my laptop, but yeah. just seeing I'm like no, but that's that's the that's the culture here in Quebec yeah. sometimes. So yeah, and that's the thing too. I mean, I, I I um I've definitely had uh you know a couple experiences when I was younger, but it, I I guess in a way, thankfully, the ill experience I had. Um, it was more of a Francophone Anglophone thing. Like, you know, I've been, I'm not, I'm not proficient in French. I should be way more proficient than I am. Cause I took it all the way to the end of high school. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, when uh, I remember when I went on a school trip and we were in Quebec city, that makes sense. Um, I went into this one store and I was there struggling, but I did my darndest to use as much French as I could muster to ask for a particular thing. I think I was, I was trying to ask what it was and what, what the price was or whatever. Um, and it was kind of a weird experience because it was a, a bad, a bad turned good experience at the end of it. Mm -hmm. So it was clearly like a mom and pop place and the person that was serving me, was not the pop, but I guess maybe another relative or something. And they were making fun of me. They were, uh, while I couldn't decipher what they were saying, because they were just, they were just get, they were giving it to me in French um, and trying to speak very fast. But it's like, you know, something instilled into you 
when when you're young and and perhaps when you're young and black um but but for me that was instilled in me to be able to understand a tone and to be able to read facial expressions um and he and and i knew he was not being complimentary and my i felt my feelings getting hurt i'm grade eight you yeah. know what i mean everybody thinks you tough guy because you you <laughs> You know what I mean? You're in that top, you're in that last year of, of uh, little people's school before you got to go into high school. So, of course, you you think you uh top of the pops and stuff. So, I, I felt, but in that moment, I felt myself both getting frustrated. Um, but you know, when you, you know, it's like we have, we have a way that we call it like when you have the hot tears. So, it's like when you are so angry that you, you feel your tears well up in your eyes and they're hot, mm-hmm. right? So, I felt myself getting the hot tears and I was getting frustrated and angry. And uh, the person who was with me from my class, uh, she was just like, she's like, yo, like, let's, there's plenty of little gift stores. Like, let's just find another one. Like, let, let's just go. Let's just go. Right. And I said, no. I said, I know this guy is trying to whatever. Anyway, the mom of the pop, the mom of the mom and pop uh, kind of heard the way he was talking to me. And she was serving a customer initially. And then when the customer was, finish when she was finished with a customer uh she came over she said something in french but i think she was basically saying what the hell's going on because i could read in her face you know mm-hmm. um and then the person was trying to be dismissive and like these little anglophones blah 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 whatever i'm like okay <sighs> so i just kind of took a breath and then the mom turned to me and she said, bonjour. And I said, bonjour. And she said, como se va? And I said, uh, uh, I had for- I'd forgotten the moment how to say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm mad. So I was like, just we angry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then she kind of, she kind of giggled and she's like, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, she goes, je parle petit peu d'anglais. Oui, mais Je parle un petit peu de français. Okay. D'accord. So, come. So she takes me over to another part of the store. And at the end of it, um, she de-escalated the situation. She made me feel a lot better. She apologized. Because I remember she said, you know, just sweet Desolée. And, and she apologized for how the person was behaving and treating us. Um she asked where we're from so i said you know just we uh I, I just we um uh oh damn it i forget but i said yeah, you know yeah. from from toronto yeah and she goes oh toronto da 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 say trip belleville blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and asked me how did i like quebec city and i said um i told her that i said it's uh, it's actually quite beautiful um i said um i've been i've been to france and i said so all the cobblestone i pointed to the you know to the road outside the mm-hmm. store i'm like all oh, the cobblestone i said uh remind me of uh france oh wait 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 bah, 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 bah. so we had this weird kind of franglish conversation that <laughs> happened at the end of the you know the experience um but uh she definitely i definitely did not pay full price for the things i wanted <laughs> And she definitely, because they had, I think, little treats or something like uh, locally made, like little snacks or something. So she she gave my school, my classmate, because I said we were on a class trip. She gave my classmate a couple of little treats. She gave me a bag like full of them um, and told me not to worry about it. 
and she gave and uh yeah i i, I paid for the stuff i wanted little souvenir stuff uh but i didn't i i know i didn't pay full price yeah um but yeah you know what i mean so like that was like my ill experience it wasn't race related but it mm. was it was anglophone yeah discrimination in general yeah right yeah I, I i i have to deal with it on a day like i speak french it's not i worked in an english industry for over a decade so when you stop using your secondary language you start losing it yeah so now that it, i'm, I'm kind of getting back to bilingual at least but it's still like people are choppy like, and yeah and people are like some people like do just speak english to me i'm like okay so uh, Work, but like even with this show, you know, I can't go and interview a, a French brewer only because I can't have entire subtitles. And then with my like not hundred percent French, it's not really, really an option. So yeah, so that's that's something more like if you go to visit them, or even yeah. if you have a chat with them, you'll be like trying to jot down the answers, and it would be something more that you would kind of blog, yeah. uh, you know, and and so that way people could kind of read the interview as best as you could translate type of thing. But Plus I don't think my editor can type that fast. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. There you go for real. But yeah, no, I mean, I, so I totally get um, that concept and, and, and um, I think that's key to, to help people to understand too. Um, that if you encounter people who are coming to your brewery and English is not their first language, you can still try to work with them and you can still try to make them feel as welcome and as comfortable as somebody who lives in Montreal that always comes to your place or somebody lives in Toronto and always comes to your brewery. Um, you, there are ways to kind of work through that. That proprietor of that store showed me at the age of, I was, good Lord, I was probably 13, 14. 14. Yeah, yeah, I think I was about 13, 13 at the time. Um, that proprietor of that store she showed me that, you know what I mean? She totally made me. And, and the funny, the, the funny thing is that was my second experience like that in particular with a French speaker, because when I was little and I, I went over, uh, I, I went, I went over to uh, France uh, for, it was just a, like a day trip. Um, but when, when I went over, I was still a little guy, but we went to this, man, we went to this boulangerie and it's funny. It's like, every time I think of it, it's like, I can, I can, I'm 44 and I can still remember for a one day trip. I can remember, I can still smell all the smells. Oh my God. It was so, uh, it was set incroyable. So maybe, maybe France again for some beers in the future. Definitely. (laughs) France, France is, uh, France for so many reasons, uh, you know, for Paris alone. Uh, just for oh, man, the history. I, I we did not go far inland, so I did not get to go to Paris. Um, but I was a real little guy when I went on that trip, so it, I would have still had an appreciation, but it would have been different. Um, yeah. But I definitely want to go, uh, kind of all over, but Paris for sure, um, all the way down to Cannes, because uh, one of my one of my buddies, my good buddies, he DJs. And uh, him and his family, his wife is originally from Cannes. So uh, they, they, they and their two kids, they live, uh, they used to live in Paris where he was working um, at a few spots. And then um, kind of shortly after the whole episode that happened mm-hmm. with the massacre, um, funny thing, man, I saw it on the news. And I like WhatsApped the hell out of him yeah. until he eventually res- re- responded to me. And he was like, you know, 
it was a funny story because I was supposed to go to work tonight. The club I work at is the row of bars that got hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, his club is one of the is one of the, the bars in that row of bars. And he's like, I was supposed to go to work tonight because I was on my way to work and I got on the subway and halfway to work, I have forgot, um, I think one of his laptops or something. But he's like, I forgot it at home. And I was like, damn it. So I got off at the next stop when I realized. I flipped back over and he said, by the time he goes, I think he said just after he walked through the door at home, it was already on the news because it, it literally, it literally happened in the course of him turning around and coming back home. And I just said to him, I said, boy, you are blessed. I said, God does everything for a reason. I'm like, you are super blessed. I'm, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm just happy that you're okay. And I'm happy that Carol is okay. And baby, cause they only had their daughter at the time. Wow. Um, but yeah, basically within, I think, within about the next three or six months after that happened, she's like, nope, we're going home. Yeah, we're out. <laughs> she's like, as soon as we could close up shop here and figure <laughs> figure out what we're going to walk into down there, she's like, we're going home. We're, we're, we're taking our kid and we're going home. We're not staying in Paris no more. So I was like, damn. So, I, yeah, take, I mean, definitely. Uh, take every moment for what it's worth. Exactly. But definitely, definitely that. But yes, what got me talking on that was mm-hmm. the same kind of experience. Um, not not the bad part of that experience, but when we went into the boulangerie, um, the uh, it was a mom and pop. Pop was, was baking. Um, so mom was tending the shop. And oh man, she just, little boy, so she just ate me up. She ate me up. She thought I was the cutest thing. Uh, she did the same thing. She spoke a bit of a mix of French and English to my mom and uh, to me, but yeah, same thing. When we left there, (laughs) my mom did not pay for half of the things that we walked out of there with because she insisted. She's like, no, no, no. Il petit garçon is growing. growing. He needs the food. You know how moms are, right? He needs to eat. He's a growing boy, right? So she, she totally like gave us like freshly baked pastries and, it's too, it's too oh, late at night for me to be hearing this right now. <laughs> it was so good. It was such, it was an amazing day. And the day itself was like, it, we got there in the morning. It was, it was one of those beautiful shots that you normally see in the movies where the sun is kind of cresting through the city and the cobblestones, you know, oh, man, it was, yeah, it was a dope experience. And, and like I said, I was a little, little guy when that happened and I still, I've never forgot that. So it's never left me that I definitely want to go back to France. And now from the beer side of things, even more so. Uh, to be able to try things, Spain, I'd love to go to. Um, yeah, me, it's it's the EU in general. Um, I want to get to South Africa because their beer scene is emerging as well. Okay. Um, and a lot of people of color in South Africa are actually opening breweries. So uh, I think there's one. It's called Ubuntu okay. Brewing. Um, and I, I watched a documentary about the brewing scene there, and I'm like, I gotta go. It's it's cool. it's it's in the future. Um, I got nothing else for you tonight. Okay. Um, it was a real pleasure to talk to you. I'm glad that you, you came forward and you spoke with me today. Uh, I appreciate us, no, myself and Phil. Phil's not part of the video call, but yeah. for us uh, allowing us to interview you. Um, when we can get together in Toronto as a group, I've already told Drunk Per Crew, Ren, uh, the Southern Ontario Beer Boys, we just yeah. all got to get together and yeah. throw down at a brewery somewhere in Toronto. Definitely. <laughs> so, Definitely. But it's safe to I would again. love that. Um, I'd love that. And you know what, if, uh, if when 
I've, I don't know when, but if, if we figure out the, the bits and bobs to make it happen and uh, we're able to come, come out your way to Montreal, whenever that happens, definitely a heads up is being given. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got to sh- I got, I'll shout you out. I got to shout out people like, um, uh, MTL Bear Guy yep. and original Mr. Crafty. Yep. Those my those my people. Those my Bear Brothers, <laughs> as they like to say. So yeah, I, I definitely wanna wanna come visit y'all and uh, and I I'll, I'll just throw my hands up and I'll be like, <laughs> wherever you guys say to walk, I'm walking. Uh, you you tell me whatever, and if we go, if you take me to a place and the menus in French, I, just just help me understand the basics of what I'm looking to drink, and then. Hey, then we will, we'll just have some fun. We'll do it up. Yeah. 100%. And, uh, thankfully most of the downtown locations are very good about being bilingual. So beautiful. We do have that. Uh, so let the people know where they can find you on Instagram, uh, okay. Twitter, uh, if you have that, all that stuff. Super old school. So unfortunately I never got onto Twitter. <laughs> okay. I, I'll never say never, but it, it hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm not on Facebook as often, but if you need to reach out, uh, for anything, it's just my personal Facebook page, which is uh, Edward Bune. And uh, my main way to reach me is my wonderful T.Drinks uh, page on Instagram. So any anybody that has uh, suggestions, I tell them all the time, if you've got uh, ideas or suggestions uh, after you take a look at my page, if you think that there's something I should be drinking or trying or a brewery that I should visit, uh, do not hesitate to DM me, let me know, share with me. And if, if I find a way to make it happen, um, definitely. And uh, all about enjoying life together, sharing beers together, sharing the world together, because that's what God put us here to do. And just learning. And I'm so open to that. So please don't ever feel like you can't uh, share some with me. I'm always open. If I state something incorrectly, I'm willing to learn and and uh, provide an update on the same post that you're like, hey, you missed this or have you thought about that? Hey, I love it. I'm always open to the uh, to the sharing. So again, T. Drinks best way to get me. Uh, Black is Beautiful collabs. The first one was with Shacklins. Sold out in a day. Uh, we, we were super excited and very proud of that. Second collab was with Rorschach Brewing, sold out in about a week. Uh, the first collab with Shacklins for Black is Beautiful, the, all the proceeds went to Black Lives Matter Toronto. Uh, the second, the proceeds with Rorschach are all going to be going to Black Women in Motion. And we have a third collab in the works. And it is going to be with People's Pints. So I'm giving you the semi-exclusive. Couple, pe- <laughs> couple people close to the circle, they, they know what's up. But, uh, but Miyoshi and I are really, really excited that we're having a third opportunity to do a third collab. Uh, the beer, the, the stout itself is, is going to be it's going to be sexy. It's going to be big. It's going to be interesting. Uh, our brew day is coming up towards the end of this month. So on uh, around, I believe it's going to be the 27th of August. If you guys are following uh, at craft bear Phoenix, which is Miyoshi on Instagram, or if you're following me, Mr. Uh, at Drinks here, uh, you can keep an eye out on our stories uh, in and around 27 28th of august at the end of the month there and uh, you'll probably be catching a few highlights of our collaboration brew day uh, with people's pint and uh, then the release is set to happen i think towards the middle of september i'm not 100 percent sure 
but it's it's really cool. Uh, really, really super excited. Plus, I got to uh, I got to in in my um, adjunct selection. I got to also I told them the story behind it, and part of the story is a little shout out to our daughter because she's uh, she is becoming a teenager next month. So, I, how could I collab and make a beer and not celebrate? the big you know celebrate the little girl becoming slightly bigger <laughs> so really really super excited but uh yeah keep your eyes out for our third black is beautiful collaboration beer that's going to be coming out there is a uh, black health canada association uh that organization is going to be the group that we are focusing on uh the proceeds being donated to for our third collab with people's pint uh so again if you're in and around toronto uh, definitely check out People's Pint. Uh, check out our pages, Craft Beer Phoenix for Miyoshi, and again, T-Dot Drinks for myself. And uh, check us out near the end of the month, uh, around the 27th of August or 28th, when we have our actual brew day at People's Pint. I will give you some highlights, a little insight, and then uh, the release date, of course, coming up in September. But those are the main things going on, apart from continuing to stay black, stay strong, and stay beautiful, and for those of you who are with us and standing with us, we thank you. We appreciate you. Keep doing it. Don't stop making noise. Don't stop fighting. Don't think it's easy because it's not. And it's more than black tiles on pages. It's more than one or two little posts in your 24-hour disappearing story. This is not just a moment. It is a movement. Move with us. And again, thank you. Thank you guys for hosting me and uh, amplifying my sounds on this platform. Uh, God bless you guys for doing this. Uh, thank you for standing with us and, and stay strong. Continue to fight with us because the fight ain't over. It just begun for y'all. But we, we gonna get through it and we'll get through it quicker the more people like yourself stand up with us. And uh, I thank you for that. Um, as for everything he's mentioned, we're gonna have it all in the show notes. Uh, as for us, allbeerinside.com, at allbeerinside on all the social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>